Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I am Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you, Rob? I'm awake. Good. You weren't. <laughs> I was. You I, overslept, don't lie. I did oversleep. I, my alarm didn't go off and I woke up to my house phone ringing, which hasn't rung <laughs> in the whole time I've lived in my house for five years. To the point where I'm like, what is going on? Look at my phone, 10 missed calls from my parents in Tenerife. I'm thinking there has been a national disaster. <laughs> How then many Rob's, like, Rob's like, have you slept in? I'm like, it's half eight, I've got to be there at nine, it's fine. <laughs> I woke up full panic mode. But you couldn't be late because we have a really special guest this morning. We have the most incredible guest this morning. He's a monolith. He, at the beginning, like, the whole point of us doing this, Rob, is that we've had an experience of art in our lives. And at the point we all kind of went into art, there were certain figures, figureheads around that were trailblazing and leading. And this man is one of them. And also what's really exciting is that this man's studio reached out to us because of the power of talk art. Normally we have to go and beg people to come on. And the but also because he's doing an incredible project at the moment, which we're going yeah. to talk about in a bit. We just have toast coming in, by the way, listeners. Oh, we do. We have toast coming in. We have toast because Russell yeah. was so late that he didn't even get to eat. I've just wolfed down half a banana. Thank- oh, wow, look at that. Amazing. Thank you so much. No butter, though, because our guest You're is a brilliant. vegan. Thank you. Which is really exciting. Really exciting. A vegan artist. I don't think we've had a vegan artist in so the studio. themes we're going to talk about today are things like authorship, identity... Um, persona maybe, yeah. but definitely eggs. Yeah, which is eggs. timely as it's breakfast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for me anyway, because I, I eat eggs. I'm evil. I'm a bad person. Yeah. Um. So our guest today is Gavin, Gavin Turk. Turk. Hi, Gavin. Do I come in now? Yeah. yeah. It sounded like that was all pre-recorded. That first. Time. <laughs> <laughs> that really well, we were just opening our mouths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we cut that together. <laughs> Good morning. Yeah. Morning. How you doing? I think it was fine. Like waking up late. You, you got d- here on time. It's I fine. did get on time. I, I, I luckily lived down the road. Yeah, it's not a problem. No, my my taxi driver drove me all around London. I had to run here, so actually I was really early, but I ended up being latest. So there you go. Um, we've so we've just ordered some toast, and I asked you if you wanted some toast. Yeah. And Jeremy, you said no butter because you're a vegan. No butter, and they've separated the jam and the butter, so you which can. Which is which is good. Really exciting, isn't which it? Which is good. Yeah. Some of that toast. Yeah. <laughs> I might do. <laughs> actually, the annoying thing is that I need. I do sort of need some sort of like butter. Oh, like so just you need toast. a butter fluid type I thing. need something in between yeah. the toast and the jam. Gotcha. Um, a cushion. It, yeah, something. Yeah, it, it, a vegan cushion. It, if you put the jam just straight on the toast, it's a bit weird. It's just a bit too <laughs> yeah, close. Yeah, I, I hear Jam you. and toast. People do that with Marmite, though, don't they? Just straight Marmite on the toast. Mm. It's a bit 
it's just a bit dry. I agree. Well, what about peanut butter? Peanut butter you could just about get away with. Yeah. You could almost use that as butter. You could use the peanut butter and then as put the, the marmite on the top. Oh, that, right. What a combination. You can go, that, that can happen. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Yay. Hi, Rob. <laughs> I'm actually just totally not listening and focusing on his incredible suit. Gavin, you have the best suit on ever. Yes. I'm obsessed with textiles. And your beret. Knows. And your beret as well. And but who made this incredible suit? This suit was made by Matt Whitley. And if I say that many times, Matt Whitley... I'll give you some free uh, suits. He, <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get a discount on the next one. What happens um, if Russell says it? Matt so, Whitley. Matt Whitley. Yeah, Matt Whitley. It's really good. It's all really good. Really good news for me. Yes. And it could be good news for you yeah, and be. the listeners as well. Um, basically, <laughs> the world, world, basically. Basically, the world. Basically. And actually, the world is quite interesting because what happens is that Matt gets the suits actually run up in Tangiers in Africa. Oh, wow. And um, so I come and have these sort of um, rather mysterious meetings with him at various different locations. And I choose fabrics and then we kind of finish it off with a drink. (laughs) 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 And then then you pay well over the odds for the actual suit. And then, and then, uh, And then a month later, I do a fitting. The suit comes back. I do a fitting um, and then I get it two weeks after that and then I in the pocket in the inside pocket there's always a little message and it says it's got my name and it's got like some Farsi or, or, or it's got some sort of like Arabic writing oh. I never know what they say but I keep them they kind of pin them into different places in different pockets and I've got a whole collection I've got about six or seven of these little messages from Tangier like, it, it wow. probably says I'm a child please get, <laughs> yeah, get, get me, me out help me get me out of here if your name is Gavin Turk please contact me but I can't read it oh my so god so I keep them but <laughs> and is it is it important to you to have an input into what you wear because I know that you I know that you've often like assumed other people's yeah. personas in art like Warhol yeah. and Che Guevara and all these different people as everyone knows because it's very famous in your work yeah. but like you actually have your own persona now I think especially as you've got older I've noticed with mm. your moustache mm. and even the beard you mm. had a few years ago that that beard was shocking I, I sort of, of photographed I sort of loved it in a, in a, in a I hate that beard kind of way <laughs> <laughs> it was really massive and out of control and it just sort of like it just it started running me. I mean, the beginning of the beard was interesting because people was going like, you're growing a beard. And I was like, no, I'm just not shaving. Uh. <laughs> but after a while, when you when you did sort of like cut a little bit of the beard because it was just getting too weird, then suddenly that was a beard. And then that got just, it just got too And then you were like, get rid of it. Beard I, management was... I think you looked really heavy. wise. It was really like wisdom. Like, uh. I know my shit. Like, I'm Gavin Turk. Yeah. I've got a beard. Well, it was true. I think you do. That was true. And I cut my beard off, and I guess became really stupid. (laughs) (laughs) What happens when you get a moustache? It's a bit of a character look. I mean, people look at me now, and they give me that look. I know you, and I give them back a look like maybe, but it might be the moustache. Got it. So they 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 know you for darling. Yeah, like, it's, not Salvador. it's not exactly Dali, but there's something Dali-esque about it. I do always threaten that I'm going to really kind of hone it down and make it very Dali-ish. I've got getting my Hungarian moustache wax, which Ooh. is like this stuff you put on and it just sort of like sets like a rock and wow. then you can bend it into whatever shape you want. And then uh, You're so international. You've got Hungarian, you've got... Tangiers. I know, I know. That's how I roll. The dream. Have you made... So you make a lot of self-portraits. I, a lot of the work I've seen is you. Have you made I mean, self-portraits with this self, beard, with this I moustache? do make self-portraits, but in a strange way, it might be 
like not portraits of other people. So it's <clears throat> it's a kind of reverse engineering of a portrait. So if, for instance, I make a picture of me as Andy Warhol, mm -hmm. like for me, it seems more like not Andy Warhol. Like the picture is like, oh, I thought it was Andy Warhol, but it's not. Mm -hmm. it, it, it It's someone else. Yes. Like, so in a way, like my face is almost blank i'm not i'm not suggesting that that um that it's a portrait of me it's not really a it's not really me it's mm. it's me investigating portraiture out mm. there and how portraits um how they get their part of the cycle status. how people recognize that as something and, and then you're playing with that giving I them a second look i suppose it's also like this slightly surrealistic thing where you kind of try to get into uncanny places where people just assume that something's something and then they have to look again and realize it's something else. Yeah. So it's right. like I'm so if I'm a surrealist artist, I like I think I'm trying to make sort of surreal art. Would art. you say you was a surrealist artist then? A surreal I try to make surreal art oh I just hit the mic then. That's I didn't okay. hear it. At least you heard it. I didn't actually hear it. Oh you didn't hear and it. And I, I don't know it. why I've mentioned that because I didn't hear it. So <laughs> I <didn't hear> it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I think what I do, I think what I, I think what I, do, I mean, this is, uh, this is a new theory and, and maybe this is rubbish. I've tried it out on a few people. I tried it out on you lot. Yeah. Um, I think what I do is like make surreal art art. So sometimes, I mean, in the studio yesterday, I was, um, I was painting this kind of egg shape thinking very much of, uh, it was like a, like almost like a, an egg that had been sliced in half as a canvas, painted yellow, and it looks really like an Ellsworth Kelly yep. uh, a painting. Yep. Wow. And, um, and I was thinking, like, I was sort of hoping that someone, when they first see it, they go, oh, it's Ellsworth Kelly. I, I and then they go, oh, no, it's not. It's different. It's something else. And so it's like this sort of idea that people, it's, I suppose playing with people's preconceptions, like people go into a gallery and they're full of like all the the ideas, their ideas of what they're going to see are so strong that it stops them from being able to see things, and uh, and they and they almost like bend those things to their to their preconceptions. And mm -hmm. so I think the idea is to try and for me, I think the idea is to try and tickle and tease and and play with those preconceptions almost as as a almost as that's the kind of material that's the kind of substance I want to work with. And so, it, you know, it has a kind of, sometimes it has form, um, but quite often it's it's sort of, it's kind of ideas. It's like tickling ideas and concepts. So you're, you're challenging the preconceptions of what people think is art, but through a humorous route. I, I mean, I, it, it's humorous because it's it's a bit, sometimes it's quite slapstick you know sometimes it's quite boom you know just falling down yeah um you know falling over I, I, it sometimes humor is a way to to get people to go you can go it can be quite deep yeah like so sometimes i mean in humor and like this idea of surrealism um they're they're kind they have this wonderful link because it, it's something like where you're quite unsettled. You become quite unsettled, like mm. like because it's something you think you know. It's something you think that you've assumed. It's like when you're sitting on a train and you think, and you look out the window and you go, "Ah, oh, we're off." And then you look the other way and you go, "We're not." And then you think, "What am I thinking?" You know, how do I think? How do I think about what? You know, and that sort of weird thing of like, 
like there's like an m- amazing sense of relaxation as, as the train leaves the station. Ah, oh, good, we're on time, we're going. Mm. And then you look, it's like, ah! and then you, Willow. and then after that, you kind of laugh at yourself mm. for kind of thinking, oh, well, I, I don't know whether I'm going or not. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose it's those moments of self-realization that excite me, interest me, and I, I suppose we're at a point like art historically where where I think art is very reflexive. I think that, you know, when we pick up a paintbrush, we're already aware that there's a whole history of painting. Like every brush mark you make, you think, oh, is that's a bit like uh, Van Gogh. Oh, that's a bit like Monk. Oh, that's mm. a, that brush mark's a bit like, oh, Constable. Or, mm. I, I feel like I'm in, a, I mean, constantly, if I'm making art, I'm constantly in the sort of narrative of art history somehow. We met another artist recently who said that when she makes her paintings, she often titles them, if it looks like a... A monk, she'll be like, that's called the monk until yeah. she titles it. And then yeah. she calls them all different people. So it could be yeah. like Cy Twombly or whoever. Yeah. It's an interesting. I like that. Idea. Yeah, I like, no, that. I like that too. I like that idea a lot. It's like having a I like that idea a lot, past. but that does mean that she has to keep changing her style because otherwise they'd all be called <laughs> Cy Twombly or whatever. Oh, that's true. No, yeah, but yeah. maybe you could say Cy Twombly one, Cy Twombly two. Did, did you ever struggle with that though? Did you ever feel like, oh, this is really frustrating that all I can see is other oh. artists work when I make work? Or do you, have you always been someone that's like, this is great because I'm part of the lineage and that is going to be part of me because that's my education and that's oh, I think what's it's, been before. I think it's always great and I think it's always a struggle. I think it's always both simultaneously. I think that, that mm-hmm. it's it, it's fascinating that um, that that the I make a piece of art in order to, for me, I think, solve certain problems and to resolve things. In and the then, world or in yourself? It's just in my own thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I do it with audience in mind. I think for me, art is about audience. Like if I was on a desert island, I wouldn't make art. I'd just sort of fiddle, fiddle around with. I mean, I wouldn't just be survival because there'd be that those moments where you're just sort of like uh, messing about with bits of sand or, or yeah. sort of seeing what happens if you you know balance um, grains of sand one on another. Um, but it wouldn't be art. It would be like this thing where it would require other people to come to the island in the boat, and then they go oh, there's art on this island. Mm-hmm. You know, it would only be when the audience arrives right. that it then becomes art. Talking about grains of sand, that's quite poetic. Mm. Um, and one of the things I love most about your work is the kind of poetic element of it. And I feel like people don't often discuss that as much. But in 1990, you made that incredible work related to Robert Morris. And I love that work. And can you talk about that and how that came to be? Because I, I read an interview with you about that story of. Um, was that a long time ago? It, I mean, it was quite a long. It was quite the piece was made quite a long. Time. I know, but I love it. I think it's, it's, it's the always, glass boxes. Yeah, yeah. It's basically a piece. Boxes. It was a piece that um, I, I, where the work is positioned. Like it's called Robert Morris. Well, my work's called Robert Morris, Untitled, nineteen sixty-five to seventy-two. But it actually the work's called the Robert Morris piece is called Untitled nineteen sixty five seventy two, um, and it's four mirrored cubes. And I remember seeing it like it was one of the first memories of sort of modern art when I was young, mm. and it was mm. at the Tate. Um, and I think by the time I got to be let's let's just call it an artist, uh, <laughs> it's, it's brilliant that moment, isn't it? Like there's a moment somewhere where you kind of like you can't really call yourself anything else so you have to sort of say oh. but for a long time and it's quite nice when you go around foundation classes foundation skills and stuff and you are you say like so are you an artist and people go like mm, well mm, don't know not yet mm, kind of mm. yeah. 
It's good. It's good. Um, anyway, so Untitled 1965-72, it sort of perfectly encapsulates that moment where minimal art, or art that, that got smaller and smaller and smaller, suddenly kind of met up with conceptual art so that suddenly this reflecting cubes reflects itself, reflects the legs of the viewer, reflects the gallery, starts talking kind of about the context, starts talking about architecture and starts kind of not just talking about the form. You know, it was almost like, it, you know, art became the cube and then the cube like bounced, reflected out everywhere. Mm. So it sort of, it perfectly, perfectly kind of captured that, the spirit of that time and it did it so well that it, when it was originally made it was made as a sort of a, we'll call it a gallery work but um it then took on status as a sort of as a museum piece as a contemporary art museum work and i think that i forget how many versions of it there are but there's you know there's kind of one of these versions of these sculptures in nearly every museum it's almost like to have a contemporary art museum you need to have you one have of those have pieces one. in the museum i love that idea and it's so genius <laughs> it's so true it's they like always make them in series if you of buy four. one you have a museum yeah did they have four, four, four cubes four cubes but formation or are they like four cube formation four cube formation but there's different sizes of cubes got it um uh, and i'm not in terms of the detail, I'm not sure whether they there's ones where the mirror runs around or the mirror goes edge to edge or um, that like the setup is I'm still a little mystified. Do you like um, the rest of his work or was it that piece that's that pinged out? Uh, his work is actually pretty fascinating. I think that work pinged out. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but it is I do find his work pretty interesting, it, it, different to that work actually. Right. I mean, there was a wonderful uh, reconstructive piece that was at the at the Tate Modern a few years ago, which was a whole room of stuff that you could interact with. Um, so it was like a sort of performance art. It was like a set of monkey bars in a way for for the audience. It was actually fascinating. And that was, I think that was done um, in the early 70s wow. originally. And so that, that was a really kind of out there piece. I think he's very interested in the kind of like the performative element of art. Um, and I know he was kind of involved in music stuff and other other things that other are sort of like artistic artistically associated work yeah, yeah. as well. But what I really loved about your work um, so relating to, my, to his was the fact work. that it was what tarnished and kind yeah. of weathered. No, but it had this kind of like, and that was the poetic bit that I always <laughs> I always thought about because isn't it like different temperatures from when it travels or something? Um, so basically, with my work, what happened was that because I suddenly took this work as being a perfect example of that period historically um and i was looking at i think at that time as well a lot of other artists around me were looking to new york artists or to american artists yeah. like there was a lot of sort of neo geo kind of ripoff style stuff and i was thinking very much about cultural identity and uh and in terms of like uk cultural identity i started thinking about the landscape constable turner um the idea of sort of like this idea of the great outdoors, mm. uh, Henry Moore or whatever it is. And, and, and I guess it's sort of a, a, a kind of almost like some strange nostalgic narrative. Sure. And um, so I wondered like how you could take this artwork and then you could kind of adjust it in some way. And so what I did was I sort of, I tried to put it through some historical filter. I tried to sort of go, well, what would happen if we took this like modern artwork and then we... And then we looked at, and we put it away and then we built it back again, like 200, 300 years from now, where would it be? And so then I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll just sort of like, I'll just um, affect the mirror surface. 
So I actually kind of made, it's kind of like antiquated the mirrors so that, so the mirrors feel like they've kind of corrupted, mm -hmm. like the mirror surface is kind of coming off and you see the black behind it. You sort of like, almost like there's a sense of kind of like that the work's been left outside um, for, uh, for a long time, for a long time. And I, it was that sort of trying to, it's that sort of Emily Bronte mm. kind of effect meets it was that sort of mixture of of trying to put this historical sort of that made it an antique. You antiqued it, sort of antiqued, sort of antiqued. It. I mean, it it kind of totally ruined it in lots of ways. It mm. stopped it doing what it was supposed to do. But in another, that's sense, what I loved about it, though. Like, but that's what you had to do, right? Because if you, you if I just represented exactly, this work, that's what then I mean. Because it would be simply yeah, appropriation. Because we were challenging you, challenging you're fascinated by authorship and what what the work was and who owns the work really and who owns anything in the world. Yeah. So, but if you you could technically, by saying that, put that work out as a, a complete copy of, right, and then say that it's yours, but you have to change it to make it really yours, right? I, I think you. Uh, I mean, there is a there is a set a school which would just simply re represent an artwork. Yeah. Uh, uh, from one point in history to another point in history and obviously the change in context of time and perhaps like the association with a new kind of artistic body would affect the way that you understood the work and it could work I yeah. suppose but uh, it was just that wasn't specifically my interest I think my interest was really to try and to try and add that element of kind of turn of like to sort of twist it a bit mm -hmm. again it, I suppose it was that thing of coming at something um Something that maybe we recognise or we know, but just sort of like doing something where it all just everything just seemed different, mm -hmm. everything just seemed changed. But I mean, again, that was a long time ago. Yeah. But... Well, coming to the present day. Yeah. You're currently doing a very <laughs> exciting project, which we wanted to let all our listeners discover about, mm -hmm. relating to an egg. Yeah. An egg. An egg. The egg appears in your work a lot. A lot. Yeah. What What is your? Well, uh, I. So again, I, I think it probably is me just trying to go back to kind of minimal art and looking at something like Brancusi um, and this idea of sort of like this total reduction of form. But then at the same time with the egg, it was, I suppose, surrealism. I suppose it was an engagement with Magritte. And maybe like all the surrealist artists were the ones that actually got me tricked into being wanting to be an artist. Mm -hmm. You know, I think they were the... When you go round the art museum, that was the point where I thought it got started getting a bit interesting. Uh -huh. I think that was the point like where it started being kind of it was provocative i think that the art started being provocative in a way that i found i i found more kind of i quite like i think i like the the maths or the the ingenuity or the 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 kind of uh almost like the almost like the jokes i suppose yeah. in it like yeah. it, it felt like it had riddles and 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 kind of uh, a lightness about it mm -hmm. um and so, but then, you know, and so the egg is this, this sort of dream object. It's like um, Magritte, Dali, whoever it is, Ernst, like they're all, you know, they all have sort of eggs in their work, yeah. Man Ray. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's this sort of, it's one of the objects that, are, that surrounds us, which keeps coming back into the dream, keeps coming back into the frame, keeps coming back into the picture. It's almost like a, a floating signifier. Yeah, yeah. It's like something that signifies something else. And then, and then obviously you've got the, you know, which comes first, the chicken or the egg. Mm -hmm. You've got this idea of like, I mean, I've also done a series of, of um, 
doors in door frames and yeah, um, a jar that. a jar yeah, yeah. i was gonna bring that up so well the thing I with a jar a door and a door frame for me is is that's basically an egg because oh. an egg is just like a big door or like into big, another or world, a big yeah. wall well it's a big wall i mean it's just yeah like for the chick yeah it's like <laughs> let me in let me out let me out yeah <laughs> let me in <laughs> Went back in. um yeah i mean so the egg is like just a big door so, so these doors though are these doors are it's actually a wooden door you take apart then you fabricate it in bronze yeah. then you paint it again to look like the wooden door it was before yeah so yeah i, I mean I, I, I mean do, it's just I it's do. so clever i mean i can't yeah so that it's a little but you do that a lot that 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 appears in your work all the way through that you take an object like a very random domestic object the first thing i saw was something called nomad in the doorway of the sarchi gallery when it was on the south bank yeah and it looked like a homeless person sleeping in a sleeping bag yeah and you'd you'd molded the sleeping bag in bronze and then painted it again to look like the sleeping bag and I remember just being completely fascinated with the by figure it. in it. Yes, yes, it, it looks like someone's asleep in. inside yeah. it. I mean, someone said to me like, "So were you inside it when they moulded it?" I was like, <laughs> and I "What? Are you yeah. joking with me?" Crazy. <laughs> when they poured hot know? bronze in, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I remember yeah, seeing was, that work. Basically, they just just invested me and then and then basically <laughs> burnt me out and then replaced the hole with bronze. It's amazing. It's amazing what you do for your art. But then I reformed again, like from the smoke, and that's how I'm back here. You came out of the egg. And yeah, you landed in an egg. Like Morkamindi or something. Yeah. Nanu, nanu. Yeah, exactly. I loved that. I remember seeing that work, um, probably another one from the same edition, in the house of Richard and Judith Greer in London. Oh, how many was it? That was different. Oh, was it a different one? That was a different one. That was called Habitat, and that was actually just a flat bag. I love so that, that was the figure had gone. Okay. Oh, they had <laughs> so, burnt you out. Yeah. That, that was, <laughs> so that was so. Yeah, I mean, we've got distracted. We're supposed to be talking about eggs. eggs yes. Can we go back? No, no, to we're that? talking about doors, which are related to eggs. I know. I and know. also, we we're going to go talk back about to the eggs. Though. Let's go back to the eggs. So the, so no, the we're going to go back to the eggs, but we can talk about all the other stuff. Okay. But the eggs about life, and the eggs about the eggs about uh, uh, life and death. The yeah. egg uh, is. It's also the first material that artists paint with. You know, like oh, they yeah. use egg tempera. Egg tempera, yeah. Egg tempera paint. So it's a, it's a, you know, it's a historic painting material, mm. which I quite liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think also like it, there is a sexual connotation as well. You know, like it's this sort of it's the seed. It's a like the ovum, the the mm. yeah know, the the yoni. Well, they do have love eggs as well. You can buy the don't yoni. They? Mm. People, people pop them up. Mm. Somewhere. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, love eggs. Oh my god! And they vibrate, and the, the partner can have a remote control. Yeah, you you didn't realise this morning was oh, wow. going to go like that. Did you? And there, I feel like I'm on another planet right now. <laughs> um, so you've actually made a bronze. Three egg. guys talking about love you, eggs. You've made a bronze egg. Yes. So um, I have made <laughs> simply like moving, moving the conversation, conversation on. You're getting too excited. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So well. Uh, I've made a whole series. I mean, I've made over 600 works with eggs in. And um, I mean, back in 2000, I made a, like a two meter, uh, like a fiberglass, a plastic, like acrylic egg. Mm. Um, and it was shown outside and it was relatively, you know, well taken. In fact, one of version of it like was shown outside the, the Tate uh, Claw Gallery. Mm. Um, I think this was 2007 or something like that. Um, and... And basically, I just sort of steeled myself, and I've actually cast it now in bronze. Um, and so, so now it's the I've same this... egg that was there before, but you've now cast in bronze. It's a well. That every time you make remake these things, because yeah. you make it 
sort of in the round, it, it kind of, it slightly, ch- it slightly changes. I mean, okay. the same, it's an egg, but it, I don't know, like every egg's different, yes. but they're all kind of the same. Mm. Everyone knows what an egg looks like, but actually each one's different. Yours um, is organic. It's, it's all organic. <laughs> it's all organic. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, you know, no harm. No harm was done to the chicken. <laughs> the casting. The hen. Um, so, uh, yes, I've made a, I made a two-metre bronze egg and I, and I was invited to, um, to take part in Photo London. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not really a photographer. I mean, I have taken and I do have a collection of photographs. It mm. is true. But it's not really what I'm best known for and it wasn't really what I was working on. So I, and then I started thinking about the this, the way that now it seems that people have started looking at art through their phones, through mm-hmm. their, through their cameras. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like I, I was in a museum looking at a piece of work and, uh, and I was, I was sort of going backwards and forwards and looking at the kind of the surface of it and mm-hmm. trying to kind of get a feel of like the frame of why they've used that frame or why they've done this, why they've done that. And then suddenly someone kind of sort of uh, sort of apologized and shot in front of me with their camera took a picture really fast and then shot off again and i was like what what was that about and i was thinking obviously like later on they'll look at this picture and then they'll go oh i saw this you know or they'll put it on their feed or whatever like that that they've been to see this gallery and they've been to see this artwork and i was mm. like but they didn't look they just looked at it through their camera yeah. and i was like i think that's happening more and more and I think that's happening all the time and I think that's you know so I think that what's happening is that through the image through through the computer and through images people are getting a incredibly wide um, picture of art they see pictures of art and they you know and they they have a very uh, intimate knowledge but just through the through this mediated filter, it's like filter, filter yeah. World, yeah. But the real seeing, like the real kind of at what the at the, at the yeah. coalface, that that's sort of disappearing. Well, it it may be that art itself is changing, mm. Ugh, you know, and mm. it may be, uh, you know, and I kind of go, oh, I'm a dinosaur, um, laying big eggs. <laughs> bronze egg. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so then coming back to my egg, I I thought that uh, well. Maybe a big two-meter egg is something that people might want to have themselves photographed in front of. It's quite good, a selfie background. It's like, oh, look at me. I'm standing in front of a huge dinosaur egg. Whoa. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, and so I thought, oh, well, maybe it's a kind of, I may, you know, my sculpture suddenly is like, oh, lots of work to make a backdrop for people to take selfies. <laughs> um, so I thought, well, actually, maybe this is fascinating. Maybe this is interesting. Maybe there's something in this. So I then proposed to them. I said, well, what about if I showed my sculpture and then I, and then I actually pushed the project into trying to almost like generate images, ask to ask the public, to ask the audience, to ask artists even, photographers, artists, um, what, what would be their portraits of eggs? So I've now got a, a website set up and I'm, ask, I'm putting out a... What a is it? What's of the a, website? It's called gavinturkegg.art. <laughs> Dot art. Gavin Turk egg oh, dot art. I, I know. Like that. Dot That's art. so good. I know. Well, I could have had dot com. No, but dot art. Because no one had Gavin Turk egg dot com. <laughs> really? It was free. It was available. Really? I'm really surprised. Yeah. Right. Don't, so actually, don't, actually don't, get, don't go get it. <laughs> people will start getting that and then it will go wrong. But anyway, dot art is a new, good one. A new domain thing. So you dot want art. people Everything to submit and upload their images of eggs. So it doesn't have yeah. to be them in front of your egg. No. It's just any my egg related. Not there. My art. egg's not there. It's it's going to be put up on the uh, 18th. Oh, well, it's going to be unveiled on the 18th of April. April. And uh, at Somerset House. At Somerset House, yeah. yeah. So in it's on the London. it's on the um, yeah. exactly And then when everyone's put their yeah. submitted all their like ideas on paintings and drawings and photogra- photographs, yeah. isn't it? Well, it's images that can be uploaded. So, okay. it, you know, if it, if you've got a drawing or a painting or another photograph, you can re-photograph it or you can find a way of, of uploading it, basically. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is. I mean, it, it, in the end, it's, it's all it's digital. And then you'll make an exhibition of that. And then we're making, and then I'm putting on an exhibition of everybody's images at Photo London. Great. So, what is the deadline um, for it? How long have people got to submit? Well, their okay, so the deadline for photos, I guess, is probably somewhere around the fifth of May, something like that. Well, okay, right. cool. Two, two for us to have enough time to format everything to to put it on show at Somerset House yeah. in Photo London. But um, yeah, because but, that, but that's from be the sixteenth to the nineteenth of May. Yeah, so it's got, so it give me a little bit of time to for, to format it. But, right, right. But you know, I've, I've actually had now lots of interest in the project going forward. Touring, yes. T- sort of touring, yeah. yeah so, amazing. Because in effect, it's all it's all kind of on the internet. Yeah, so of course. It all just travels around. You're a global egg. The global egg. You're an intergalactic inter, egg. Inter, inter so we need to get people on the moon egg. or something to like take pictures of <laughs> eggs they, out there. They might, there do they actually, have eggs is out there? there? Has there well, I don't know. Ever been but could the they moon? draw an egg? And actually, yes, something I loved that it. you did was in a tooting um, hospital. Oh. It was like a project you did in about 2016 where you did balancing two eggs. Yes. It was like two eggs balanced, but it was a drawing Outline. and it went on the wall of a clinic, like a, yeah. a doctor's surgery. Yeah. But I loved that idea of taking art into hospital. Sorry, that's like me just yeah, being yeah, yeah. a bit but random. Again, that was but, an egg. Um, and you're doing yeah, the Elspeth Kelly egg at the minute. So the sections yes. that, that is... Geometries, I've got. Geometry yeah. abstraction, but yeah. it's a geometry abstraction I loved egg. it when you did that drawing of the eggs. Wow. It's kind of silhouette. There's and the Lucio lot. Fontana There's eggs well. you've done. the movement. We just love eggs. This is podcast eggs. This is... Pod. very exciting pod, for us. Poddy. Um, We're in the egg. Well, that's... This is the egg pod. So yeah. everyone listening, please get involved. Uh, this sounds like an amazing project, actually, and I, I think everyone who listens to this podcast is the right audience for this, so good times. Great. Yeah. Hopefully we're going to help contribute. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was reading something, or listening to something about you, about um, your legacy and what happens after you 
move on and as an artist why artists make work and where it goes after they've moved on and you 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 said that in some ways you felt like your children may inherit a problem with your estate (laughs) and I found that fascinating that you are like this. I'm making art, and it's my legacy. And then the kids might be like, "Oh, for God's sake, we've got to like sort out dad's estate <laughs> now and keep it going." Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess it's because somehow, like the stuff you, the stuff I have around me, quite often is there because I feel that I'm gonna, you know, sort it out or make sense of it later on. Like it's all kind of like. It, maybe it's not quite finished or it's all, it's all sort of work in progress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the moment um, I'm not there, suddenly it's like some of that kind of like, what the hell is this? What is this stuff? <laughs> I think they'll end up with that and like, oh, it's something to do with my dad, who oh, whatever. That's really uh, so, but it is quite, yeah, it's quite, because there's a, basically now a great big warehouse full of stuff. I was going to say, because you, you really, you, you seem to collect a lot of things. I saw a video of you in your studio. Yeah, you don't, I can't throw you, things you, away. You pull things out of the well, this is the thing, I, I, you know, and it's getting worse because now, you know, I, I mean, I took part in that Extinction Rebellion thing. I got arrested on Lambeth Bridge. Did you? And yeah, 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 yeah. What, I mean, what happened? I, basically, I just, I went on a demonstration and we stopped the traffic on Lambeth Bridge. And then I was actually sitting quite close to the barrier and obviously the f- a phone came in from someone like you know with a white baseball cap or something um you got to clear the 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 bridge and i was like low hanging fruit and i got kind of like <laughs> policeman came along and said are you moving and i was looking around going uh, why just me yeah. where, where? <laughs> me <laughs> me i've got to move yeah you've got to move sir otherwise i'm going to arrest you i'm like what you what you uh, what but I've only, uh, like that. He said, I'm going to have to arrest you, sir. I was like, you're going to have to arrest me. <laughs> anyway, so then we, yeah. So you then was we arrested. Went so I was. Just, not just you, other people. Arre- yeah, there was, so there was about, I think there was about 20 Legends. that arrested from Lambeth Bridge. We went to Savile Row uh, Police Got Station. Mate. Yeah, well, Savile Row Police Road Station. Police station. Like, yeah, Are you kidding think, me? That's I was thinking I could quickly pop to Huntsman and You're see. You're so sartorially <laughs> like <laughs> arrested. <laughs> Do you mind if we stop here a minute? I just want to have a look in the window. Yeah. Um, at least you looked good. Yeah, it was. To be honest, it, it was pretty grotty. The, uh, the where they actually put me, but um, yeah, and then uh, well, I actually got uh, I, I I'm under investigation. Still, oh. I think. Well, I don't know. I've not heard anything. Did I know you're here? They. We have to keep this top secret. Don't know I'm don't here. Like... Maybe, they can, maybe this can be put Am in the I evidence bag. Be here? I don't know. But Metropolitan <laughs> no Police, one... if you're listening, uh, let's put this into get, the uh, into the evidence of... bag. Shh, don't do that. Get out of oh, here. It's fun. I feel like this is like a good scandal. Come on, CSI. Love a good scandal. You're going to force me to. You have to do time or something. Mm, no, because I think if you did do time, you'd, you'd try to turn it into an art project. You'd probably like start oh. doing something really amazing. Anyway, I was, yeah. I was, I was waxing on about Extinction Rebellion. Yes, yeah. Extinction Rebellion. It's really important, and actually, like I think the police were actually on our side. You know, it's really important. Everyone's got to wake up. I mean, the trouble is that you know politics is getting hijacked by kind of weird. Uh, ideas of identity, cultural identity, yeah, and it's like cultural identity, like the whole thing is, you know, this is this is just like something small on the top, on the surface of 
we've actually like all human beings have got to change their their sort of behavior their mm-hmm. thinking like mm-hmm. they can't you can't just go forward in the in the sort of like in the way that we're all going to all think at the moment that we're going forward you know like mm. oh we're all going to blast off into space and you know occupy space in mars it's just not enough energy like the planet itself can't afford us the energy to do what we're doing mm. it was like you know and it's difficult because you're still arguing about whether the world is flat or you know the 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 the, the anthropocene effect on the planet it's like oh no it hasn't affected the planet at all it's always been like that's like Come on. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's mm-hmm. changed. We know it's changed. Like, we've got the best minds on the planet getting together and saying, actually, no, we have a problem. Yes. We're, in, we're starting to tip, you know, things that things are starting to happen. Mm-hmm. And unless everybody wakes up, it's like... Well, ooh, I think the younger generation are. Into a, the younger generation are really doing the big, it. The biggest movement really of vegans is getting... under 25s. That's the biggest yeah. proportion of people. They're not totally. drinking. They're becoming vegan. You, you're, you're vegan yourself and you was a vegetarian for years. I've turned vegetarian. I'm hoping to be vegan one day, but I love eating eggs. You love protecting eggs. Vegan light. I, I am vegan light. <laughs> but it's, you know, that you can see a change, thankfully, in the generations that are coming up. That they they're, And they're the ones that are making the big effect on the world. Yeah. And... That's no, we've seen, we've but... seen like you know school strikes. We've yep. seen like kids going down to Westminster, standing, you know, protesting and saying, "Please do something. Yep. Please look into this. Please, yeah. you know." Don't, I mean, you know, politics is just seems to be so full of things that actually, yeah, miss, missing. They're missing a big point, and it, it needs to be on the political agenda, basically. Yes, so you know, that's a thing. So it's it's one thing, and uh, and the trouble as well is that when I start thinking about the implications of it as well, it really sort of scares. It it really makes it difficult to have this international global art scene, and you know, like people sort of stroking their chins and 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 thinking about kind of, yeah, you know, whatever it is like formal object you know object relations or what what's that what's that thing where you have like you know different pictures of stuff or put um there's a name for it i forget like a sort of current way of of making art um like a mood board <laughs> it's, not, it's like a mood board right. but it's not what is it called a venn called, diagram um... what <laughs> a way of making yeah, art now chart. yeah no I've it, gone what's blank. It called? yeah exactly it's called um uh, Pinterest. Pinterest. <laughs> you, stop it. You're oh. confusing me. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh. Anyway, uh, I'll probably remember like outside of this box, yeah, yeah, outside yes. of this pod. Do you know that's called staircase wit? When you leave an event and you remember, I only found that, that actually, day and I loved it. That is actually my life. Right, yeah. And, I, and you think, I, w- I could actually, have said that then. I wish I'd said uh, that then. That, and it's not until actually, you leave the situation, you go, shit, that's yeah, what I should have said. That's actually probably what happens. Like when I'm, when I'm departing this, you know, this, the, the, this earth and I'm floating up there, all of this stuff will just come back. Like, oh, bollocks. I knew it. That was, was, I knew just, what it was. That this word. was. I wish I'd have. Oh. Oh, that was your eureka moment. So yeah. annoying. Like when you're on your way up to heaven. <laughs> eureka. Or wherever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what are you proud of, Gavin? Oh. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess uh, probably my children. But I wanted to thing. ask you about your family, actually. Okay. <laughs> we'll do it then. Oh no! But I thought he's going to continue talking about his children. Oh. No, I, d- I, I mean, I, it, it's I've, yeah. Uh, it, it just sounds a bit cheesy. So uh, you know, I worry that if it sounds cheesy, you just kind of go, oh, you better switch off. But I don't I mean, think it, it is cheesy. I, think I mean, it, it's strange because, because obviously there's there's um, there's you know having a career or making great art or you know doing great things with your life. 
And when I had children, it wasn't something that I spent, we didn't, like my partner and I, Deborah, like we didn't spend a lot of time preparing for or thinking about it. It was kind of something that just came of its own accord and actually three times of its own accord. (laughs) But, But actually, you know, I think that I've just been so lucky to, you know, to actually like have been able to do it and go through it, and they're they're all sort of thriving, amazing people. Are they in the um, art world at all? Uh, they're. I suppose that's what I'm thinking to myself. Like, I don't know whether I can give them all my, you know, my archive because <laughs> they're not really in the art world, all right. so they wouldn't know what to do with it. But then they, I think that you know, obviously, they all have a, a lot of art experience and you know they're aware they've been of, surrounded of by stuff, it growing up but yeah. uh but they're not strictly speaking in the in the art business i mean that's probably for the best but do they like what you do do they come and see your staff and yeah yeah they do definitely i mean it, it was interesting how i mean when my i mean so my eldest one is now 25 and um we were living in east london living in shoreditch and like we'd go to we'd always be going to these smoky uh private views mm. and he was the only baby like there and everyone was mm. like he's always bringing his kid here like, it was, <laughs> like you know like and um you know I, I i guess you you might think oh well now he's probably like you know a sort of uh, an alcoholic <laughs> chain smoker <laughs> but in actual fact like he's he's not you know it's not it it just didn't sort of he just didn't that wasn't him. It just yeah. didn't come out like that. I mean, I just, I guess I've just been really lucky that, um, that, that they've just all sort of like been able to get into and get onto things that, that, uh, that sustain them and, and, and make them, and make them tick and excite them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I guess, yeah, I mean, it, so I feel proud, but I, you know, it, again, it's like, it's something that they're, they're doing. Yeah. It's their stuff, their lives. And, uh, and then you, as a proud parent, you look on and go, oh, oh. And what about your work, though? Like, what are you proud of in your artwork? What's your most like? Um, yeah, in my work. Because um, defining for me, I have an edition of yours at home. I have the Relic Cave yeah. edition yeah. On, on my wall, which I love. Do you want uh, to explain what that is so people who... Yeah, Relic Cave, so your graduation show, you were actually yeah. denied your yeah. honours because what you showed was uh, a blue plaque, like a London blue plaque, which are normally on houses 10 years after someone... Like a heritage plaque. Yeah, heritage plaque. Yeah. Look, I think ten... it's the 100th, 100th anniversary or something. Is, Is it? it really? Yeah, so I've got like a blue plaque book at home. A, I, think ha- I think you have to... Have, I think it's something like 100 years. Oh, maybe it's not. Maybe it's changed. What do you at mean? one point it was... I think it had to had to have been dead for... Oh, no, or, it's, I think it's 20 years, 10 to 20, 20 years. I think it's 20 years or something. After yeah. someone who's occupied that house has died, then you can have the blue plaque Right, up. right, right. But maybe they've been going for 100 years. Is that what you're saying? I don't... Uh, you can't be li- alive, though, can no, you? No, you can't be alive, no. No. I said that to Alan Bennett once. I was with Alan Bennett, and I said to him, well, you'll, you'll probably have a blue plaque on the front of this house soon. He went, oh, fuck off. Soon. I said, but well, why? Soon. Said, you've got to be soon. dead for 10 years. I said, I'm sorry, mate. Don't kill me off yet. But you made... A... Perhaps we could pretend <laughs> that you're not... If he comes uh, home and there's alive. a blue plaque one day, but like, what? Alan, is Alan Bennett still alive? <laughs> oh, God, he is. He's very much He's alive. so awesome. Um, but you made a blue plaque to commemorate your time at art college, and that was the all that you wanted to show in this white room mm. Was Gavin Turk worked here, and uh, nineteen eighty nine, ninety. What is the years? Eighty nine. You've got it in your house. You should know. Nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety one. Yeah. Yes. And, and the yeah. original one, the the unique edition was called. Well, not unique. It was edition of three, I think. But it was um, called Cave. Well, it was. Relic. I Cave. mean, it was. It became an edition of three. Oh, okay. 
So the original one yeah. that was just <laughs> so a I one. Obviously, when I made it, obviously <laughs> this is this is also like something that I'm wrestling with at the moment. I think there's a lot of kind of retroactive production of art. Yeah, definitely. Sorry. Uh, the, the, um, it's really true, a, and there's a lot of a big, printmaking I after a, people have died, and I think that's so dodgy. I think there's a massive scandal going on in the art world. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so keep going. Jackson. Sorry, what were you saying? Um, uh, it was, yeah, the first one you one. made was called Cave, yeah. and I've also heard you still refer to your studio sometimes as a cave. <laughs> I, I saw yeah, someone that was the other day. Yeah, yeah and, and you were like, they refused you. They refused you. <laughs> you didn't say that. Yeah, you did. I've got it. Really? I'll send it to you. It's on YouTube. And that became YouTube, that became yeah. like a defining moment right at the start of your career. Really, a legendary and iconic within art yeah. circles outside, yeah. permeating outside of outside. Yeah. Well, it became circles. a mythic story, didn't it? Yes, it Which catapulted kind of you think, part uh, of the uh, YBA movement. I think that. Yeah, I mean, it was. I think what was interesting about it more than anything was, although for me, like when I made the work, it was obviously about Magritte and about being and not being and. The death of you know the death of the author and all this sort of like like there was a whole load of there was a big package of of, of philosophical ideas that surrounded it but in actual fact because I failed my degree and it was connected up with this showing this plan oh so you'd failed before you showed the no, no 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 it was it was you know it was as a consequence <clears throat> of this exhibition <clears throat> I mean in theory i'd passed my course up until that point so it was the 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 um, it was responsible it was the plat that was responsible but what that did was that uh, get, there was a story suddenly mm-hmm. and and people who were at, at that point i think only just starting to think about art as something that you could think about or talk about publicly i mean up until that point you know you wouldn't even talk about art on a bus or something like that because people would look at you like whoa weird yeah. yeah yeah whereas you know now like you know you overhear people talking about exhibitions and yeah, art yeah. on buses and in public it's just a sort of it's okay yeah you know whereas before i think we were quite we, everyone was a little bit nervous about it it seemed a bit pretentious and people were really kind of like not not keen on it i mean mm. they would much rather talk about pop music mm-hmm. you know um or, well, tele- it wasn't, ex- or it wasn't accessible it was mysterious it, yeah and, and i think that was because it it, it didn't have these it didn't sort of have these narratives or stories. And so suddenly when you could talk about an artwork where someone had like failed their degree, although it's not a great story, it's a little bit of a story. And it means you don't have to get into the philosophy of it too much. Mm -hmm. You could get into like something else, which was a little bit more like a little bit more like life, like normal life, like real life. And, uh, and I think that just tricked the whole piece into a a really interesting space. It it, it taught me a lot really Mm. um, about the way that, if you can if you can try and couple the art together with a with some other narrative mm. or some other kind of um thing that people get something that people can can relate to mm-hmm. then uh then it, it it's uh it it makes it all it makes it all come alive mm-hmm. on my thirtieth birthday, Russell gave me a print of yours which um, I think is something everyone can relate to, especially if you're British and you've grown up with the tea culture, mm. people forcing tea upon you, because I never drank tea until I was older. But um, oh, yeah, so it's a tea stain on a piece of kind of A4 uh, paper. And it's literally where you've put um, a, mug you know, a mug of tea onto the page. Mm. And then you have this kind of unique imprint of the mm. of the tea. I love that work. Um, and I live with that at home. So and you've well. signed it and your signature is a, is a big thing. Your signature is something that you've uh, made. I... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the the um, the tea stain thing. I mean, again, like now you see it everywhere. I think yeah. you sort of see these. I mean, they have wines. St- I mean, it's like part of a graphic 
thing you see everywhere now. But um, the the main thing, what I really liked about the tea stain on a bit of paper with the signature is that actually... um, if you get these things in people's house, I mean, it's nice because it's a little circle, a bit re- bit reminiscent of a plaque. Um, the tea, obviously, like putting that onto water, water, uh, watercolor paper, yeah. is what, pe- what people would t- put tea to stain the paper. First of all, it was like a like like the tea is is I guess a kind of pigment, um, and it's got and it's relatively light fast. I put a bit of milk in it so it's fixed, and I put a little bit of sugar in it so it's slightly sparkly. Right. Um, oh. And uh, yeah, and I spoke to conservators about it as well because I was thinking, well, should I do this with watercolors or should I just do it with tea? And they said, well, just do it with tea because actually it'd be probably just as light fast as if you did it with the But they used to use like cassine in old master paintings are kind of like it's derived from milk I think it's like a milk product Correct Um, That's the fix yeah Yeah exactly Yeah That's really interesting I never knew that about that work Um, I find that work really poetic And then then I think that there's that sort of like idea of something missing something gone something not there and then obviously like there's the national interest in tea Mm -hmm. so it's symbolic in that respect but I think more than anything what I really find exciting about it is that is that actually someone puts it in their house and then their friends come over and they say, what's that? It's a kind of challenge. What I like about it is like it, the circle and signature in a frame is a kind of challenge to, to the audience. Right. It's a kind of provocation. It's like you bought like someone's like leftover tea mark. Like do you what? Know what and you put it in a frame. Why? What are you doing? <laughs> you're celebrating like, with that. It, yeah. You're celebrating this kind of like you're celebrating this kind of like accident yeah. that happened by accident. He just did that, but he doesn't. But he didn't me, think though, about that. It's, it's like, more like, like romantic that. than that because I think I'm a bit soppy or something. But like for me, it was like the presence of the artist. It was. It's got more to do with like. I don't know, it was like a record of, of you, like an action or something, like a, a memory of journey, a moment the, or yeah, something. Yeah, you yeah. know, a bit like making a painting is an action, but like a, a record of, of you being alive or something. That's yeah, kind of yeah, what yeah. it felt like to me. And it was a really ama- it was one of the well, best. It's definitely the artist's hand. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, exactly, the artist's exactly. tea. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so kind of personal somehow. I loved it. It's very direct. So in every episode, we ask our guests two questions. One is um, if in an art heist you could steal any artwork you liked from any museum around the world, what would mm. it be? A kind of touchstone to mm-hmm. you. What would you uh, take home if you could? Um, I was asked what was my favourite piece of art yesterday yeah, on the radio. And uh, and I said it was uh, Piero Manzoni's can oh, the shit. Can shit. Yeah, can yeah. And then she went, you're swearing. Oh, like yes. That. And I went, oh, sorry. Um, well, in Italian, it's called <laughs> Merda d'Artista. Uh, oh, now I'm swearing in Italian. <laughs> uh, anyway, but uh, yeah. It, That's in I the Tate, isn't it? The Tate and that. There was Probably 90. Of, there was reasons. basically 90 of them. Yeah. 90 shits. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was 90 canned uh, shits. And then basically uh, some have gone wrong. Some have broken. Some have been lost. Some have been opened. Um, some have been eaten, do you think, at any point? Or? It, pff, Russell. It, it, <laughs> oh, my. I don't hope not. I hope <laughs> not. I don't know. <laughs> Someone somewhere. Okay, moving on. Someone, moving yeah. on from Stop this. It. Oh my! It's, it's, all sort, it takes all sorts to make a world. Yeah, it does. Yeah, if you can think <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so I think that nearly all of them. I think something like seventy percent are in museums. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's maybe, I don't know, 20 or so that are... You occasionally see them coming up at auction. I think there's 20 or so. Yeah, I mean, when yeah. they come up for auction, they're like, 
I think the last one sold for two hundred twenty thousand. Right. So wow. it's the price of, price of a small flat. Yeah, with like, thirty G's of thirty G's of of. Man's so ownership. is that actually what you would take home if you could? I'd, I'd pop one of those in my pocket. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple. I mean, obviously, there's some other things, but I mean, like, that, like. that's quite nickable. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Easy, yeah, yeah, easy peasy. Although you would get busted when you sort of like said, "I've got this." What What other things? Though? This. Uh, what other things do you want to nick? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just intrigued. Taking home. Is there any? Is there any I mean, artwork like, if you're like in London? Home. You go oh, and see something, home. or public art, or anywhere you go. I want. I, you have to go um, and see that or somewhere. I had a studio which was on Charing Cross Road, and I used to on a regular. Uh, sort of regularly is to go and visit the the Arnold Feeney marriage by Jan van Eyck, which was oh, wow. in the National Gallery. Oh. I used to go and see that picture. Um, it's like a painting. It's quite a small painting. It's on painted on board. Yeah. And and in the back of the painting, there's a convex mirror, and um, and he and in this wonderful script, he writes Jan van Eyck uh, um, fuit hic, which is Latin for Jan van Eyck was here. Oh, wow. So he writes it on the wall behind. So he's the first graffiti artist. No. Um, oh in yeah, I've never heard that one. That's <laughs> but great. He's, but he's doing graffiti in his own in his own art. Yeah, yeah. And that's on permanent display there, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go check, that. check yeah. that out. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah, it's very good. And our other it's, question, it's Russell. Russell will ask. Was also, and also he's in it. He also like this like in the mirror. It, he's like he is painting. actually he's actually in it painting and it. so oh, wow. like if we th- normally I just talk about like Velasquez painting Las Meninas you know like Velasquez standing there kind of like with the king queen's daughter yeah. like he's heroic sort of yes. with his lovely tash yeah. uh, <laughs> painting away like that painting the king and queen you know and, and that I normally say oh that's the beginning of you know the modern world like modern Selfies. idea of art yeah, yeah the self well that's the point like the point is suddenly the art artist comes out of the background and it's suddenly the art has this uh, uh, kind of mental the audience suddenly is supposed to mentally link up with the artist as they look yeah. at the artwork yeah. yes and um so there's a sort of psychology of the artist involved in the picture and not the, who's being portrayed because i think prior to that it was like you look at a painting and you think of the psychology of the pope or the psychology of the of the king or the queen or the nobleman it's it, the the picture is there to to talk about the person being portrayed not who portrays it. Yes. And uh, and so, but, you know, Arnold Feeney marriage, a little board, painted on board, um, like he's actually in there. Wow. Wow. Oh, we're going to go and check <laughs> that out. Lu- Louisa Buck's um, Touchstone artwork, and when we interviewed her, was Last Men and Us. Was it? Yeah, for similar reasons. I mean, she didn't actually go into it uh, on that um, okay. particular theme, but yeah, that was, it's right. an amazing work. She's going to take that and, home. Um, it's quite a big painting. Yeah, I know, but we, we said, well, we'll help. Quite, we've we're not, we're quite, all going to help. We've got talk up vans and... And uh, smokes and mirrors. And yeah, things. yeah, yeah. So Russell's going to ask you the last. Yes, question. the second question is: What is your favourite colour, Gavin Turk? Um, orange. Nice. That's one of Rob's favourite. That's one of my favourite colours. Then I'm scared of orange because it quite often it gets it gets kind of used in weird ways. You know. Would you ever make well, an orange egg? Well, like, I suppose it's a, it's a bit too. Um, the sort of the Dutch things a bit too much, and then right. obviously William of Orange, and then that all kind of ends up being this sort of like slightly kind of twisted Irish story with the orange, and I don't know. I mean, I think orange has got to be like one of the most sort of invigorating vibrant. and yes. vibrant and sort of like vibrant. warming. Yeah. It, it's you know it's sort of Feel the color, it's sort of the color of the sun in a way. Right. And I think the sun's the thing that charges your batteries. It's sort of like, we need that. And it's the colour of yolk in egg. And it's a yolky colour. Oh, Ooh. wow. Rob. How good am I at getting it presented, by the way? How I'm getting so good at this, this thing. So, you're on Instagram? 
I'm on Instagram. Follow you, watch this is not Gavin Turk. Oh, yeah. Well, I think I m- might change that. But I like I've, it. I'm definitely Gavin Turk Egg. Gavin Turk on Egg. On Instagram. But I'm also, this is not Gavin Turk as well. And you follow the egg, the, the, the famous egg? What is that page? The world famous egg. That's I'm, it. I'm in. I'm in communication with them. Are I you? want to find out how they did it. You know about this story, don't you? No. They made this photo of an egg, a plain egg. No, they got that was actually a stock photograph from a Russian uh, photographer, that, and they actually just appropriated it. They got his permission, but they appropriated an image that already existed on the internet. Oh wow! Is it? Is actually. Amazing, like they, yeah. So go on, you tell. You well, they, they wanted to put this out there and make it the most liked image on Instagram. They wanted to be all of the like the Jenners and the Kardashians, right, right, right. right. And this is now running at fifty-three million likes oh, or something hilarious. for just the stock image of an egg. Wow. Mm. David Trigley does loads of drawings of eggs. Mm, he does. I, I love it. I love yeah. his egg drawings. They're brilliant. Um, well, Gavin, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us today. Um, everybody listening, you can see images of all the artworks we've talked about on our Instagram, which yep. is at TalkArt. And we will also link to Gavin's so that you can um, visit his website and submit your images of eggs in any form And then go wish. to Somerset House and see the big bronze See the egg. big bronze, bronze egg. And then also unveiling go to Photo the... London in May and see all the presentation. Of photographs. What's you saying? Unveiling? Unveiling on the 18th of April. Yes. On the terrace. Yes. Um, and then the Photo London, which opens on the... I think it's the 16th of May. 16th of May. Yeah. Amazing. Well, Gavin, it's been such a joy to spend time with you. Total joy. Thank you so, so, yeah. so much. And, uh, and we'll um, see you guys next time. Yeah, we'll be back soon. Mm. I love you. Bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamant and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at TalkArt, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in this episode. Recorded at Spiritland London by Anthony Shaw and edited by Gareth Isles. Subscribe to Talk Art on iTunes and Spotify. Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.